Dispatch, your weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm Christina. And I am Michael. Happy 4th of July. Or I guess we hope you had a happy 4th of July. You know, this comes out a few days after the holiday. But uh, yeah, here in the States, big, big holiday weekend. A lot of fireworks that we've been seeing all over the place and hearing. Actually, I feel like we've been hearing and seeing fireworks for the last month. Um, I feel like we've at, been hearing it ever since May. <laughs> yeah, at different yeah. terrible times in the night, like 2, a, 2 a.m. fireworks will be going off. Yeah, last night I was wearing headphones for a lot of the night because I was playing a video game and I took them off and realized it sounded like it was popping popcorn outside because there were so many fireworks going on. It was pretty cool. I was I, I rode the motorcycle home and uh, there was fireworks going off all around. Even mm. Even late at night, it was kind of cool to see you know, off in the distance, you could see the fireworks and the moon was, if it wasn't full, it was pretty close to being full. So it was, it was a cool ride home, very different yeah. than what you normally would get to see. It was kind of surreal and uh, yeah, it was, it was nice. And I was thinking for you, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit more detail, but for the game you're currently playing, it's almost perfect for Independence Day because of the, yeah. the theme in that game. If it's very uh, like Americana, with, with all of, yeah with all the flags and everything that's going on in that game so it's it's yeah. kind of perfect for this time of year well let's get into the news for the week so last week we covered a bloomberg article and they mentioned how nintendo is going to start moving away from the mobile, the mobile market well apparently <laughs> we covered that story a little bit prematurely <laughs> uh, during this last week there was nintendo's 80th general your annual general meeting of shareholders. And afterwards, they do a Q&A session. And during that Q&A session, President Shintaro Furukawa went into detail about the mobile operations. Um, so there's a couple kind of quotes from this very long explanation he gave that I'm going to kind of go over. So he said, in addition to generating revenue and profit, our basic strategy with the mobile business is to expand the number of people who have access to Nintendo IP. The mobile business is also strategically important for the expansion of Nintendo accounts, which supports our relationships with consumers. Sales from the mobile business do not account for a very large percentage of Nintendo's overall business, but the mobile business itself is significant in that it provides a wide range of consumers a way other than the Nintendo Switch to continue enjoying and playing games using the Nintendo IP over a long period of time. One of the examples that he gave was Pocket Camp introduced a lot of female and U.S. consumers to the Animal Crossing series, which in return led to higher sales for Animal Crossing New Horizons. So he says in ways like these, the mobile business is, or with its multiple objectives, is contributing to the sustainable growth of the overall Nintendo business. And then last, he kind of closed it off saying, one of the goals of the mobile business is to create long-lasting ties with customers via Nintendo accounts. And we are establishing that through collaboration with, I don't know how to say the name of this company, whether it's D-E-N-A or Dina. I think it's D-N-A. D-N-A. I guess that would make sense because I do a lot of um, work with, I guess, online accounts and kind of advertising through social media and stuff like that. So um, they're going to continue efforts with them, which I can <sighs> understand. I can understand where they're coming from using mobile as a way to get new interest in Nintendo games. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious what the actual numbers of that return are. 
because I feel like with Animal Crossing New Horizons, that was the one of the biggest examples he gave. I don't know if it was due necessarily to mobile. I think it was due to the coronavirus and the fact that it was the only thing that people really had to do that was new and fun and interesting. Yeah, I was just thinking when you were mentioning that, that I mean, do they have a way to quantify that? Like, how, how do you know yeah. that was an introduction to Animal Crossing? And would the numbers have been less or drastically less had Pocket Camp mm-hmm. not been available? I, you know, last week when we discussed this, I, I have the impression that these games are, in a lot of the ways are just sort of watered down subpar versions of what people actually want. And while it may in some way introduce them to something, I can't help but feel like it introduces them on a, like on the wrong foot though. So you're, you're playing a game and you're like, wow, Mm -hmm. this is okay, but this isn't really what I want. I mean, I, I don't think, like I said a million times, Dragalia Lost could be a much better game. I think it's an okay gotcha game on your phone and it's an interesting yeah. IP, but Nintendo's refusing to create that as a mainline game on the Switch. And that's ultimately what it should be. And that's, I think, where it would really shine. So I don't know. I think, you know, if if that's the case, if they do want to use that as an introduction, something like a Dragalia Lost would be a perfect. You started it here. Now we've got this big fleshed out version and you've already created sort of the um, the fan base for it. But for Animal Crossing, I think that was a a patch because they had an Animal Crossing. People love Animal Crossing. They already know the IP and they didn't have a new main game. So they said, well, here's, you know, Pocket Camp to kind of hold you over for another year, year and a half. Um, Same with Mario Kart. You know, you have the mobile version and it's okay, but it is in no way a substitute for the full-fledged Mario Kart game. In his kind of explanation too. He also mentioned Fire Emblem on top of Animal Crossing and he mentioned Mario Kart 2. So that's a good observation. Yeah. But he, he also said that um, with Mario Kart Tour specifically, that being a mobile application has basically made people create Nintendo accounts. So it's almost like they want people to just create Nintendo accounts. Mm-hmm. And then to them, people making these accounts means that it'll be more sustainable long term which I don't know if I would personally agree with. I mean, I don't have the numbers. I don't own, you know, I'm not the president of Nintendo, but me personally, just because I make an account on something doesn't mean I'm going to go back and actually become a supporter long-term of this. There's so many like stores I make accounts for because I'm almost going to check out and then I don't, and then I completely forget about them. So I don't, it just seems kind of like it's not fully thought through. I think that's, I think when something like that they figure if they can get your foot in the door, they may have you and there's a more yeah. likelihood you'll come back. I mean, look how many accounts or like you said, if you go to buy something or you go to do something and it's like, what's your Facebook login? So now all of a sudden you're stuck to not only does it help Facebook because now you're trying to create an account on Facebook just so you can create mm-hmm. accounts on other crap. You know, this is somewhere sort of similar to that where it's like, well, if if they create a Nintendo account, there's more likelihood they'll come back. It's probably not, you know, 100%, of course, but any likelihood yeah. that, you know, one in 100 comes back and spends money, that's better than zero in 100, I guess, in their mind. But I just, I think that kind of stuff always is shady anyway. Don't make me, don't try to like trap me. It's like you're tricking, you know? like they're yeah. trying to trick you into it. Yeah, I think it's just a yeah. weird a weird way of looking at it. I think if you make a really great game, 
regardless of the platform, people will want to play that great game. And I don't think that what Nintendo's making on the mobile platform has been anything uh, remarkable. I think it's just kind of yeah. a watered down, crappier version of what people actually want. I, I'm, it's unfortunate. I was kind of excited when they were saying we're going to focus more yeah. back on Switch. And, and you know, and, and, and if they are going to keep doing mobile, like do it better. I hope I hope we get something that's a little bit better than what we've gotten. It was it was kind of funny because the article that we saw was from Nintendo Life and they always have a lot of really good comments from just anybody who can comment. And it was it's uh, we were on the verge of greatness. We were this close. So close. Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> now, in that same Q&A, Nintendo finally acknowledged Joy-Con drift. They actually um Furukawa actually gave an apology to it saying, you know, basically we're, we're aware of it and we feel bad about it. They said that the company apologized for any trouble caused to our customers, noting that Nintendo is continuing to aim to improve its products. They also addressed the class action lawsuit that's currently going on. It was originally filed in 2019. Regarding the Joy-Con, we apologize for any trouble caused to our customers. Then Furukawa goes on to say that we are continuing to aim to improve our products. But as the Joy-Con is subject to a class action lawsuit in the United States, and this is still a pending issue, we would like to refrain from responding about any specific actions. I don't know Hmm. if that's... Um, like, are they actually trying to redesign them so that they are better or are they going to implement? Because I haven't checked in on it in a while, but I don't even know if you can still send them in for like the free repairs or anything like that. I'm not sure how that works. Well, you couldn't for a while, but you, you can now. I thought you could and then you could and then you could. And then it was, I don't know if it's still honored though is what i'm saying like i don't know if it's just like if your switch just randomly broke they're not going to just say oh we'll fix it i don't know if they're still saying you know if that time front window has closed where they're now saying yeah we'll fix your joy cons we'll replace the parts but it's at a you know a fee whatever that fee may be i'm not i'm not 100 sure last i remember it was they would honor it but then what happened after that is people with the switch lights were having issues with drift and the problem with switch light is you can't just pop off the Joy-Con and send it in to get it fixed. Yeah, you have it's a to whole send new... device. Yeah, so I think that just kind of muddied the waters a little bit and it was only applicable to the Joy-Cons themselves. I hope they're still honoring it. And even though they gave a weird response, hopefully they're looking into actually correcting the issue. I mean, that would be a huge plus on having the, you know, the, the Switch Pro or whatever people have always kind of wanted or keep talking about. That would be something I would like to see where we've addressed the Joy-Con drift. Maybe we've got some other features built in that are a little bit better. And to me, that would be kind of warranting an upgrade in the system. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And then something to look forward to. There's been a rumor going around that there is going to be a possible Nintendo Direct set for later this month. Not an exact date or anything like that. But personally, that makes sense because Paper Mario is coming out. Mm. a couple weeks so i'm sure it will have something to do with that and if not i hope it's them talking about you know the next big like nintendo ip sort of game so i we will think see. they need a direct i think there's it's time we need to know some more stuff that's gonna be coming out we know pipe mario um you know i, I want to know like what's the what's the roadmap for the rest of the rest of the year though what else are we gonna yeah. be getting i don't know i just like to see some 
stuff you know let's get we never we didn't get e3 as we know and with covid and all the timelines are thrown off but it would be nice just to kind of give us teasers that here's kind of tentatively what we're shooting for this year we all understand that that you know could change at any minute but it would be really nice to kind of just have something in our mind that gets us excited and i i really hope that if they do come out with a direct it's not just a paper mario direct where you know it's 20 minutes of just that one game i think it we need to see a little bit more i'd love to see some indie stuff again i'd love to just kind of let us get excited we didn't get e3 and i think everybody's kind of ex- wants to be excited about gaming i i definitely agree that there needs to be a a larger nintendo direct but i don't think we're going to get that i think it's just going to be paper mario that's kind of what i'm what i'm thinking is going to happen hmm. Because they haven't really had, you know, you know, Nintendo, they like to have directs for just specific games, like, like focus on Pokemon. And then there was another one just for Smash Brothers mm-hmm. or a million just for Smash Brothers, actually. So looking at their history, it would make sense for them to do just a Paper Mario direct. But, you yeah. know, like you said, I hope that's not the case. I hope they kind of give us a few more games to look forward to for the rest of the year. But I'm not holding my breath for that. <laughs> yeah. I guess we'll see. And I mean, anything would be nice. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. end of July, that's that's not that far off. So it'd be exciting to just get some news on on stuff. And even if it is Paper Mario, I'm excited just to hear more about Paper Mario. I've never been, I've never played any of those games. So this may be my first time playing them. Um, so I don't mind a little bit of information. It's just not ultimately what I want. I want a little bit right. more than that. Now, we did just mention COVID-19, and we do have a bunch of COVID-19-related stories, unfortunately, but some of them are good. And in in this case, Nintendo's North American store reopens for physical product orders. Now, at first, when I was reading this, I'm like, oh, good, the, the New York City store is open and going back to business and doing whatever. And that may have already been the case. I'm not really sure. I'm not down there that often. But this is actually addressing the North American online store. So three months ago, the online store said we will only be doing digital orders. So, you know, like mm-hmm. buying video games and having them downloaded to your Switch. We're no longer going to do physical things that we can send out. And that seems to be opening up again. Now we can order consoles and games and Amiibos and have them ordered and shipped to us. But they do specify to be mindful that with everything going on, there could be some delay and it may take a little while to process those orders. For one, I'm sure the shipping and everything, it's not a its not a high priority. So with the way um, infections are spiking around the country priority is going to go towards whatever is needed that is going to get shipped so that could be a factor but i would also imagine they're going to have you know a huge number of people wanting to order now that they can and that's going to back things up so you're going to kind of get a one-two punch here where it's slowing things down but in in I, I think this is good. It's kind of nice that I don't know what consoles you can actually order. I don't think anything's yeah. in stock. Whatever's available. <laughs> yeah, whatever's available. I don't I don't know what is actually available, but it seems yeah. like it's opening up and you can now make orders again. The Nintendo 80th generation shareholders QA also exposed some stuff that they were talking about when it came to COVID-19 and if there were going to be any delays in anything. And they said that Nintendo has faced development delays due to COVID-19, but it will not affect upcoming releases. Then they went on to kind of close it off and said, in the future, if the pandemic continues, there could be delays in future development and releases. But basically, it seems like everything they have slotted for the rest of 2020 probably is not going to be super affected. So they've 
been trying to, you know, make sure nothing is postponed. <laughs> mm. But yeah, well, I think good. right now, right now in the U.S., things are a little touchy. So I don't know how many development teams are working with in the U.S. for stuff. And I feel like that may impact it. But well, it probably depends yeah. on where they're based, too. I mean, right. You right. Know, yeah. There's definitely the the hot spots in the country right now. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious to see. I, I guess they probably plan for that. So a year out, it's kind of set in stone. But I, I don't know. I mean, the way things are going, it, we could definitely see this start to get impacted going into next year. Yeah, now, they said that that they could see delays further down the line if it continues to spread the way it is yeah. here, at least. Yeah. Um, but I will say it is reassuring to know that it seems Paper Mario is not going to be affected at all. And then hopefully whatever they have planned for, you know, whatever other big games they have planned won't be impacted too bad. So that's good. Yeah, that's very good. Now, something that is definitely impacted is the opening of Super Nintendo World. Universal made out made a statement saying that, you know, probably to nobody's surprise, they are postponing the opening of Super Mario World indefinitely. The opening date was not given, but Osaka Universal Studios branch will not be opening it. They did reopen the park on June 8th, but they figure postponing the opening of Super Nintendo World itself, that section, is going Mm -hmm. to help keep the numbers down. They think that if they open the park, which we've been watching and tracking it and following along for like a month now with all the photos, it seems Mm -hmm. like it's essentially done. But they're just saying, look, if we open this up, there's going to be a ton of people that want to come. We just can't do that right now. So they're they're saying we don't know when it's going to open, but that you can come with, you know, and enjoy the park. Limited capacity, of course, but you can come and enjoy Universal Studios. We just we're not opening Super Nintendo World, which isn't that's a bummer because everybody's excited to kind of see that. I did see a, a little video of some stuff happening and you could see coins spinning on the top. And it was mm-hmm. really kind of cool and surreal to watch. And it'll be interesting to see when people can actually go and enjoy it and uh, be excited. I'm one thing I I can't wait to see is, you know, only because we know this is coming to the States at some point, I'm really excited to see what sort of things are in their stores. You know, we've gone to the the Nintendo store in New York city and they have some cool stuff there that you can only get in the Nintendo store. And I would love to see like, what is going to be for sale in, what exclusive things are going to yeah, be Yeah, like a Universal. theme park dedicated to yeah. it. What other stuff can I get there? And it would be mm-hmm. really, really interesting. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited. Like, I can only imagine there's going to be some really cool stuff. And this would be a great thing for the app where, you know, I know that they've mentioned in the past, like Super Nintendo World has a, almost like a game built in. So if you're going on rides and you're collecting coins within the park, it'd be kind of cool if those can translate. I, I know Pokemon's not directly related to Nintendo, but I could definitely see like Pokemon Go having a special Pokemon costume or backpack or something that you can only get by going to the sto- you know, the Super Nintendo World. And I would like mm-hmm. to see a lot of that kind of stuff. But uh, unfortunately, we got to wait, got to wait a little bit longer. Yeah, which it's a bummer, but I completely understand why, because as soon as they, oh, open, yeah. you know, people, at least people from the U.S. are going to want to travel there. And then there's more of an opportunity for, you know, COVID to spread again there and get worse everywhere. Yeah, no, so, it makes, I mean, it yeah, makes total sense. Yeah. So that does it for the news that brings us to the top 10 bestsellers of the week. First, we have Animal Crossing New Horizons. It's staying there. Second is SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom. Third is Conduct Together. Fourth, Minecraft. Fifth, Star Wars Racer. 
6th, Duke Nukem 3D Anniversary World Tour, 7th, Minecraft Dungeons, 8th, Clubhouse Games 51 Worldwide Classics, 9th, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and 10th, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. And then two other new games that were in the top 30, and 27th, we had Sudoku, which is like a Sudoku sort of puzzle game, and that was also 76% off. And then on the 29th, we have Infinity, which was 16% off, so... Oh, that very is nice. It. Um, I was half expecting to see Minecraft Dungeons. Well, I, I don't know how they're doing it. I guess you would end up seeing the DLC because that did come out recently. So I don't know if that's being charged separate. I was kind of surprised because we've seen Minecraft Dungeons and they just had DLC. I was figured I would see that spiked up on there, but I don't know I how they factor lower. that. Yeah, Minecraft Dungeons, yeah. it's not going to be on there much longer. I was playing it again a little bit. And like I said before, I mean, it's okay, but I can't see it having a lot of staying power. I mean, essentially, Mm -hmm. I've played, I haven't even finished it yet, but I've kind of finished it. You know what I mean? Where I'm just like, okay, I get it. Every level's sort of the same thing. And I'm not, which is weird to me because I've talked to a few people that have it. A friend of mine, Mike, he he and his kids have been playing it. They absolutely love it. And I'm wondering if it's just a, a matter of playing it with people, if that adds a lot more enjoyment. But playing it by yourself, it's kind of just not that great of a dungeon crawler to make it fun but i can imagine playing with people and on you know voice chat even younger kids yeah playing with your kids other fans you know i i think the world and and everything they created in it is is beautiful and it's very minecraft and it's nice but as a standalone game it's just uh kind of okay yeah now that gets us to new releases we're into this week. And we've got a couple, unlike last week, where I don't think we checked anything. We actually oh. <laughs> have a few this this week that we are looking forward to. You have more than me. So I'm just going to let you kind of run through them and uh, yeah, let us know what's coming out this week. Okay. On July 7th, Super, super Liminal, right? Yeah, Super mm-hmm. Liminal. Yeah, it's a long word. I have to actually sound it out. <laughs> is coming out it's on sale right now for $16 regularly going to be $20 I've been kind of looking out for this ever since we saw it and I think it was I can't remember what direct it was maybe it was the indie direct yeah I think it was the indie Uh, direct it was a couple months ago I'm pretty sure we saw this yeah yeah but it's it's a first person puzzle game based on forced perspective and optical illusions so based on where you're standing, something might seem closer than it is, or it might seem like it's really far away and it's actually really close. So it seems like it'd be a really awesome mind-bending puzzle game. And there's a little bit of a story element to it. I didn't want to get too into it because it just seems like something that would be more exciting if you actually got the game and started playing it. So yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. It looks really cool. Yeah, and I gave that one a check as well. I I like mm-hmm. those kind of games. It kind of reminded me the three the three DS. I I remember Wallow back as one of their games to sort of sell the idea of the three D. I can't think of the name of it right now, but it was a puzzle game, and what you were supposed to do is move the the actual like device and it would align things in in the 3d space and that was how you solve puzzles mm-hmm. and kind of found things and this kind of reminded me sim- like it's similar to that where you're going to move 
you know, your, your person or the camera so that it's looking at certain things and they seem bigger, smaller, like you said, and then you can, Mm -hmm. you know, you can use those to help solve the puzzle. And I thought that looked pretty interesting. And I like the idea of this. So for 16, it's not a huge, it's not a must for me. I've got a lot of other stuff still that I'm working on, but I definitely am adding it to the wish list. Absolutely. Me too. And then the next one I had checked is on July 9th. It's called Laran. L-A-R-A-A-N, and that is $6. Laran is a science fiction game about exploration in a desolate world. You run, fight, investigate, solve puzzles, and ride futuristic bikes in this minimal, low-poly style. And the way they explain it is kind of like you're in a computer sort of environment, but you're not. It's very, very Mm -hmm. sci-fi. And... It reminded me a little bit of Tron, but then it reminded me even more of Tron because the publisher is actually called Flynn's Arcade. Hmm. <laughs> and it looks like the Flynn's actually looks like it does in Tron, yeah. like the logo, which I thought was really interesting. And like I asked myself, can they actually do that? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> like, is that actually allowed? But I, it looks kind of cool. It's kind of funny that you got a Tron vibe and then you find out the publisher of Flynn's Arcade. That, that, I mean, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this one seemed interesting to me. I didn't give it a check. I think the low poly just kind of turns me off a little bit just because it almost yeah. seems too low poly for it to be anything interesting. But I don't know. I, I like the premise of it. It just it didn't mm-hmm. hook it you know, didn't hook me. I think the next game was more exciting for, for me and the stuff I'm into. Well, I will say that the Laron uh, video or ad or whatever in the, the eShop, the beginning of it was kind of like, all right, this looks like a low poly kind of boring game. But yeah. then halfway through, you see them doing a lot of really interesting, weird things. And the soundtrack is kind of cool. Yeah. So I would say, I mean, if you're interested in those kinds of games, maybe give it a shot for six dollars. It seems like. Yeah, it's not. It's a pretty good deal. So it's going on my wish list. Yeah. If it went on sale, I would definitely pick it up. Um, The last game that I have checked is coming out on July 10th. It's called The Great Perhaps. And I I was really excited to see that you checked this only because I know how much you love time travel. And this is a time travel puzzle game. Mm -hmm. You're an astronaut. You return to Earth. The Earth is destroyed by these natural cataclysms. And you're trying to find out the true cause of the disaster and save the planet. It's published by uh, Dragius Games, and they're also responsible for games I personally had on my wish list, such as One Person Story and Island Maze. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it looks pretty interesting. The art style at first didn't really like make me excited, yeah. but the story of it seems so cool. And the fact that in the uh, in the video you can like walk and then you go back in time so you're in this area and it's all like broken and demolished and then you go back in time and there's just like this janitor in the museum cleaning like nothing happened mm-hmm. so it, it seems pretty cool yeah it seems like that's you you use time travel in order to solve the puzzle so i think the mm-hmm. present is is a you know a destroyed planet and it's from from the trailer anyway your astronaut has sort of a lantern and that lantern sheds a light that shows you what was going on in the past. And I think you use those two planes of existence to sort of solve, you know, for a problem. Like if, if or uh, save the planet. Yeah. Like if a chandelier fell, you can use the lantern to see what caused the chandelier to fall. And then you prevent that. And then the chandelier's there in the present. So maybe you can jump on it. 
I, I don't know if that's a puzzle, but that's the impression I got is that's kind of how you're trying to solve the puzzles to allow you to keep moving forward in the game. But I mm-hmm. absolutely, I, I don't love the art style. I think it looks like this, I, this would have been something I would have liked a lot if it was, um, I don't, I don't know, maybe like a first person sort of portal type art style i think i would have really really been into it even more yeah the subject matter is exactly what i love i'm really really into time travel i really like you know when when you people are going back to what was earth at one point and you're seeing like it run down and then not only that but you get to see what it looked like in the past and then see what it looks like now uh i love all of that kind of stuff so i'm excited i'm definitely going to pick this one up even though it doesn't aesthetically look like something i would want i i really like the idea of it and it's enough for me to to want to check this one out and ten dollars is a really good deal for something like this this game yeah, and I can see this yeah. because it's it's sort of I think it's indie. Um, you know, you're gonna see this go on sale. This could even be a day one sale yeah. where it's like eight dollars if you buy it day one. So it's gonna go on the wish list. I I think it'll be a, a fun one to try out. Now the last thing I checked, I wanted to check it because I know there's gonna be a lot of people interested in it. I have played the first one a little bit, but I kind of have a bad taste in my mouth for this whole bloodstained world but that's bloodstained curse of the moon 2 is coming out it's 15 dollars now if anybody remembers curse of the moon that was a mini game that was promised as a stretch goal for the 2015 kickstarter for bloodstained ritual of the night now mots and i have talked about ritual of the night a whole bunch where we've said that unfortunately it just isn't performing the way we would liked it to on the switch and that kind of turned us off to the game even though a bunch of updates have come out and i believe it is better i haven't even gone back because i just like i said i just had a real bad taste in my mouth from that but this has been pretty much well regarded as as a great game so curse of the moon was a hit people everybody loved it if you played castlevania it is almost an exact version of castlevania it's got that classic 2d style it's got an 8-bit aesthetic so it's exactly what you would know if you remember those old castlevania games so Curse of the Moon 2 is exactly more of Curse of the Moon. You get three brand new playable characters and all of the characters that originally were in the first one are back as playable characters too. In addition to that, you can now play as a, um, you can do co-op, which hasn't been in it before. So you now can do a little bit of co-op action if you want. It does have to be couch co-op though. So that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show. What you playing? I'll let you start. Yeah, I, I've I only have been a, playing. I have a few things. <laughs> yeah, you have a lot more than I have, but uh, I've been playing more of Bioshock Infinite. For those of you who have played it, I have gone through quite a few tears by now. I say I'm probably about because I think the playtime for this game is about eleven or twelve to fifteen hours, so I'm probably about halfway through. I'm enjoying that seems it. Short? You so, think it's it's that short? Yeah, I looked it up because I was curious because I know the the first game was longer than the second game. Mm-hmm. Um, so this one's right in between. But yeah, it. so I'm about halfway through. I'm still enjoying it. Uh, yeah, I don't really have... I, it's hard for me to say too much at this point because I, I just want to like finish the game and then talk about it. But I'm still yeah. loving it. I, I'm really excited. I love all the characters in the game. So I yeah, I'm really enjoying it. 
but cool. you have lots of games to talk about. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I, I tried to play a few things. So for me, the f- th- this week I had I've been following Trine for quite a while, and I've been wanting to get the they had a a bundle that gives you one, two, three, and four, and I was like, well, that seems like a a great deal. You get all of them, mm-hmm. but it was always a little bit more than I wanted to spend, and. I think it was last week or the week before they had it on sale for something crazy, like 60% off or something. So for, I don't know, it was like 20 bucks. I I was able to get four new games and I couldn't, I couldn't not do that. It it had been looking like something. Yeah, it was a great deal. And I've always heard decent stuff, if not great things about the, about the series. So I wanted to check it out. And the first one that I've been playing, it it downloads them all as like individual games. It's not like you like just boot it up and they're all in one thing. It's separate games. So I'm working my way through Trine Enchanted Edition. Now the Enchanted Edition is actually built on the Trine 2 engine. So it looks pretty good they apparently remade the whole thing and just it, it's beautiful it, it's really a beautiful game even considering it's an older version if you're not familiar with trine it's a fantasy action platformer. it's a side i would say a side scroller you're following the story of three heroes essentially you play a wizard a knight and a thief they all have different skill sets so the wizard can uh, levitate things and can create it's at least for right now because i'm i'm just starting the game you can create boxes which help you climb on top of something and then you can levitate a block and that maybe turns a wheel so that you can jump you know what i mean so you're kind of like creating and moving things so that you can solve puzzles the knight has a shield and a sword they can kind of run right in you're going to fight stuff you can ricochet fireballs and stuff with the sword with the shield and that kind of you know, maybe there's a rope above you and somebody's shooting a fireball and you can deflect it with your shield. It hits the rope and breaks something. The thief mm. is has a bow and arrow, seems more uh, like nimble than the other characters, but that could be just in my mind because it's like a thief and they have a grappling hook. So with the grappling hook, you can shoot it up. As long as it's wood, it'll it'll stick to it, and then you can pull yourself up on a rope and then swing and then jump to something. So all three of them have their unique skill sets. I will say the controls are very like unique to this game. I have not experienced much like that in the past, whereas the wizard, you essentially use your right thumbstick to kind of move a cursor around and when he curse when the cursor is over a block that you can interact with it becomes a hand and then you can select it and then you can control where you put it so the the wizard is sort of sitting or standing somewhere and they're doing you know waving their hands and doing what they do but essentially they're casting a spell to teleport this thing which you are now controlling and it's it's really really interesting so far i'm i'm, I'm liking it uh from what i've read there's 15 different levels which are apparently all very different in sort of their their look and they're beautiful they're really really well designed and i'm really really enjoying it also with the enchanted edition they do add online gameplay which wasn't in there apparently and you can play up to three characters which makes sense because there's three characters in the game and uh yeah i've been i've been liking it i i'm curious to see how the series evolves you know as it when i get to the fourth one but so far yeah. I'm I'm happy with it. It's different. It's kind of fun and, and not 
super, it's not easy, but it's not hard. You can kind of work your way. I think I'm in the second or third level right now. And the story is okay. It's kind of funny. I do think it's, they could have worked on the sound editing a little bit better because music and stuff will be playing and there's a voiceover, but it's very hard to hear the voiceover. If you don't have headphones on, you, you can, you, I, I basically have to hold the switch to my ear to hear what they're saying. Um, which is frustrating because that's what's telling, you know, from what I've seen or heard so far, it's kind of like a wind, like a witty banter and kind of funny and the things that are being said, but you miss a lot Mm -hmm. of it because the sound editing just isn't that good. Well, if it's anything like Bioshock, it it will get better. (laughs) I remember in like the first game you would pick up a recording and listen to it, but it would happen right before there was going to be combat. So you're trying to fight these things and the sound levels were all like not, set up in a way to have that happen at the same time <laughs> yeah and so, that's a bummer because it, it just makes better, it yeah. tough to you know be able to enjoy the writing because the writing does seem to be pretty good in the game i remember when trine originally came out i can actually visualize when i saw the trailer for it and thinking oh that looks really cool and interesting and just never like thought of it after that Are i you do about, remember like, that first initial switch or when it came out like the first first time i think did it come out originally on xbox I think it was on other platforms for sure. It seems oh, okay. to me, and I don't know, but it seems like it's a computer game. The, by the way, they have like the you know mm. cursor and stuff. Those those mechanics feel like it would be something that was made for sure. a computer, but I I could be totally wrong. Well, wh- whatever it came out on, I remember seeing a trailer of it when it was announced and thinking, nice. "Oh, that looks really neat." But yeah, yeah. so now depending they, they... on your depending on you know how it turns out when you play the other games, it might be one I pick up. Yeah, and what I was excited about this bundle is Trine Four just comes came out, so that mm-hmm. was included in the bundle, and it's kind of crazy that you're getting, you know, essentially a brand new release plus all the others for a reduced price as it is. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Now the other thing I went back to this week a little bit is Animal Crossing. I wanted to check out that summer update, so I was went on, cleaned up a bunch of my weeds that were growing all over the place. It's funny the summer. The summer weeds are, uh, they look so much different than like the other weeds that have been in the game. It's kind of cool. They've got flowers really? and stuff there. Yeah, they're kind of pretty. Oh. If, if they're, if they, if you allow them to grow apparently long enough, because I had been away for a month. That's what my visitors all told me. Oh. And um, <laughs> so the weeds all had flowers on them and things. And it was kind of pretty. It was actually kind of cool to see mm. the island a little bit different. And I, I've been catching some stuff that I haven't seen. So that's kind of exciting. Um, it doesn't feel as annoying to be playing it right now, probably because I did take the break. So the, you know, Isabel talking about whatever TV show isn't as annoying because I'm not playing it every day. I, I jump in maybe and do what I want to do and then I'm I'm fine. So I think that's the trick for me now is to just not take it as serious, not feel obligated to play it as much as I was Maybe playing like a it. Once a week sort of thing. Once a as week or just every day sort of thing. Because I think I've I've checked in the last two or three days in a row and it hasn't bothered me because I'm not I'm not like I just don't feel like I have to do it. You know, I, I'm not checking my turnip prices right now. I don't care. I'm not buying turnips. I just wanted to see what the diving was. And it's cool. You get your swimsuit. I was able to go swim, uh, dive down. I grabbed a bunch of stuff. It's in my museum now, which was kind of cool. It's not exactly what I'm hoping for. Like I want an underwater 
like world to explore. Like I want to go underwater and it would be really cool to be able to do that and see underwater. And, you know, like right now you literally swim and dive down, grab something, come back up. You're not seeing anything different. It's not like there's an underwater world that you get to explore. And I think that's a missing uh, opportunity. Even if it came out as a paid update, I think that they could really have this, this just beautiful, awesome experience where you can go underwater and kind of explore stuff. And it, maybe there's some other aspects that you can incorporate into the, you know, cultivating your underwater area, just like you do your Island. And I don't, I don't know. I'm just, I want more from that, but it is cool. And they do say this is wave one. So I don't know what else we get, but I'm excited to see well, Maybe it. that's and, uh, what we get next. Maybe, yeah, maybe this is the, the, we'll finally let you get into the water update. And then the next update is now you can go underwater. Yeah, and that, and and that. I I know people have talked about when we when we mentioned the sub and others said that that was kind of a part of I don't know which version it was New Leaf maybe where they said that you did have access to those things so maybe it is it's just like you know wave two or wave three you're gonna be able to go just building up to it yeah. yeah. Now, in addition to that, I did pick up a couple new games that I started playing. One of them is Pocket Mini Golf. Both of these, I think, were on sale, so it was maybe a buck or two total for both of these games. Pocket Mini Golf is just a cool little uh, puzzle game. It probably came over from mobile by the looks of it, where it's essentially you're on a little mini golf course and it's one at a time. So you're just kind of looking at this one thing. It's not meant to be realistic. It's not meant to be like the real world. You're on a real mini golf course. It's just sort of a puzzle game and you pull back on the stick and that shows how much power you have and you control it back left and right. You can curve the ball and stuff. And essentially what you try to do is you're trying to get it in the hole, but you're also trying to collect gems while you do it. And if you collect enough gems, and you and you run out of golf balls, you can use those gems to kind of continue. Otherwise, you have to start all over. So it's sort of like hmm. a quick, you know, I got to level seven this time. And then next time I play them all again, and then I get to level 12. And then I get to, you know, you're just kind of trying to beat your own score and how far you were able to get. And it seems cool. It was inexpensive. I wanted something similar to this. I, I, I wanted like just a fun little pickup golf game. And this is, it's, it seems well done. Then I also picked up Phobia. Now, Phobia is an interesting one. I can see a lot of people probably being really interested in this based on its look. And I was too. I liked, I love everything about it, the way it looks. Um, it's it's very much limbo if you were to look at them aesthetically. It's, it's basically a grayscale, different side view with the grayscale and the depth of view going back. Except this also has red and it's used in, you know, on leaves and the trees, but primarily as your character's like jacket. And it looks like the character from Little Nightmares, except that's yellow. So you essentially you're just this this girl apparently with a red jacket on running in a gray scale world. And mm-hmm. I don't know where they come up. They you know with a name like Phobia, you think that the game is going to be addressing phobias and fear and they do say that in the definition and description description of the game it says it's a beautiful and challenging game about fears phobias and overcoming them it's definitely not it's it's not that at all it it's silly really it's not even a good game i wouldn't even waste your money on it because 
Um, it's not well built. You A lot of times you'll do something, you'll jump and your character gets hung up or you're walking and it's a lot of traps that there's no way of knowing it was going to be a trap. You're just going to die. And then you have to try to avoid that next time. There was no indicator that something was going to break. I've, I was walking along and a bird came and just ran into me and killed me, but it doesn't make sound. There's no music in the game. It's just ambient noise, but the characters themselves make zero sound. So you don't know when to avoid something. You don't know when to dodge. You don't know when something's coming. You literally walk forward and backward and jump. That's your only controls. And it's just really, really not done well. Did you ever play Limbo? Yeah, I played Limbo and I didn't like Limbo either. That's what I'm thinking. You're just not that this type of game isn't something for you, I don't think. No, this one's bad. It's I can okay. understand Limbo, <laughs> like people liking Limbo because it at least, at least mm-hmm. works. This is a poorly built, designed game. It Aesthetically, okay. it looks okay, but it's just not a good game. So, mm. you know, for the dollar that it costs right now, it's not worth wasting your money. Um, regular price, I think it was $10, which is absolutely not worth yeah. the money. This feels like if they were building a proof of concept and instead of saying, okay, that's a great proof of concept. Now let's flesh that game out. They just said, oh, we like that proof of concept. Let's launch it. And it's broken. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't, it's not good. I looked into its length and apparently it's 30 minutes or less for the entire game. So there's nothing, Oh, the the idea of phobia, the idea of dressing, addressing fears and there's nothing like that. There's no phobias. You know, there, you would think there would be something about spiders and heights and like the phobias. And there's unless walking in the woods is a phobia, then that's the only thing it's addressing. Uh, it's a shame because the style of it is it is pretty cool. But uh, yeah. it just doesn't it just doesn't imp- it's not implemented very well at all. And I would give it a hard pass. But it's uh, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you at least tried it because it's been on my wish list for a long time. So yeah, <laughs> and I actually think when it did come out, I had it checked on the list as something I was interested in. So yeah, now it's I not good. I would, I would definitely <laughs> stay away from it. And if anything, I would watch uh, like a gameplay because it's it's literally every everything I've read says it's 30 minutes or less. And um, mm-hmm. and I've probably played it for about 15 and I would say probably 30 minutes or less and probably 20 minutes of that is actually playing the game. 10 minutes is replaying parts because you can't get past something because it keeps breaking or getting stuck or you just can't get past. It's not like you're solving the puzzle and I can't figure it out. It's I know what I'm supposed to do and I can't do it because the game just isn't like built well. Well, that's why I asked if you ever played Limbo because I know in Limbo, the part part of it is you have to die to learn what not to do. Like you walk under this creepy spider-like thing, it'll stab you. And so you almost need to do that to know not to do that again. So I wasn't sure if that was kind of this like similar in phobia or not, but no, they do something similar. I mean, they do. There's no indicators that something is bad where in this you're literally walking and a crow flies out of nowhere and runs into you and kills you. And there's, nice. there's there's no rhyme or reason. Like there's no reason to know that that was about to happen. So I feel like that's just a, a poorly designed, you know, gameplay. Like you're not even giving yeah. anybody a sound cue to say, hey, mm-hmm. better hide or better do whatever. So it's it's unfortunate. It's just it could have been it could have been a lot better. But yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I like you said, though, I'm not a fan of 
limbo. I don't like games like this where there's no narrative at all. Like this has no narrative, but at least if you're saying something along the lines of we're addressing fear and blah, 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 then it should be at least in some way make a reference to a phobia that I'm trying to overcome and it doesn't. So not only does it have zero narrative, it's also not delivering on the title and what it's describing as the game, the point of the game. It doesn't have anything. So just not worth it. Seems like they kind of built this game based on inspiration from another game and then we're like, oh, we want to sell this, but we, it needs to have some sort of story. Let's just put this in there and say it's it, about this. It definitely <laughs> feels like they liked Limbo and wanted to just steal make a game that like idea. it. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly mm-hmm. what it feels like. I think that gets us to the end of the show. So if you are interested in reaching out to us at all, we always love that. You can contact us over at the website, nintendodispatch.com. You can uh, send us an email or anything like that. Occasionally, we do stream to Twitch. We have twitch.tv forward slash Nintendo Dispatch. And you can chat with us anytime you like over on Twitter at Dispatch Podcast or on Discord, which our information for that, the link to that is on the website as well. On that note, this has been your Nintendo Dispatch. 